Hello, and welcome, cool cats, to BL172.9. If you've been part-time dreaming and scheming a plan for your great escape, then grab you a plate, because we're serving smooth, creative hits that'll make you want to quit that 9-to-5 J-O-B. Now sit back, relax, and you'll see, because you are traveling first class to where the part-time dreamers be. to my part-time dreamers that are dreaming big dreams. It is time to clock in. If you are just in time. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. This is episode four. And I know, I know, I know, I bet you have been dying for another episode. And I've just been kind to, you know, really trying to figure out figure eight. I can't talk. Um, but that's nothing new. Um, so (laughs) I've been trying to figure out, um, I knew what direction I wanted to go in, in this episode, but there were still a little bit things I was unclear about. Um, but I was able to get it together. So you should be proud of me. Um, because I definitely want to, you know, continue this and I definitely want to, you know, keep expressing myself, uh, expressing my creative side. Um, and then also just, you know, express my thoughts about me being creative. Um, not going into details of my ideas cause I don't want y'all stealing my stuff. Um, but, um, you know, talking about things around me, talking about things that are happening in the industry that I want to be in, you know, so on and so forth. But yes, we got a little episode here and we got some, you know, things to get into. So, um, one of the big things that happened and this was the week after my birthday, because yes, um, I do have a birthday and it did pass and it was February 2nd. And you know what? I wasn't going to do this, but damn it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Happy birthday. To me, happy birthday to me, happy birthday, dear Bela Day, happy birthday to me. Yes, 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 I know, I know. Perfect impression of Marilyn Monroe, right? Um, so yes, I just had a birthday. Um it's always so weird because every time I have my freaking birthday, I never plan anything out because towards like the couple of months before my birthday, so much things are going on. I feel like it kind of starts in October with Thanksgiving and then we have um um, not not Thanksgiving. You have Halloween in October. You have Thanksgiving in November. You have Christmas in December. And then you have New Year's in January. And then by the time it comes to my birthday, I'm like, oh, yeah, wait. I forgot to plan something. Or, oh, wait. 
what did I want to do for my birthday? So I never really planned anything, but um, this year I had some um, friends who were like, oh, you should do something because we want to go and, you know, celebrate with you and hang out. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so I did do something. I went to do karaoke, which that is one of my favorite things to do, even though I cannot sing. But I love the idea that of acting like I can, because that's very fun. Um, and then I got to spend it with some family and friends, and it was just a, it was just a really good time. Um, and then I got a little, I didn't get a little drunk. I got more buzzed. I was buzzed a little tipsy, so that was fun too. And uh, let me see, what else did I do? Oh, but okay. So one of the main things that I really kind of, besides the fact of me actually celebrating my birthday, I knew if I didn't have anything actually planned for the day itself, um, I was going to, well, actually, let me go back a few steps. So, uh, okay, so yeah, I did the karaoke. That was fun. And then Super Bowl was actually on my birthday because it, Super Bowl either lands on like the first, second, or third, depending on that first Sunday of the February. I believe that's every time the Super Bowl is always that first Sunday. So it was on my birthday, so I spent time at my dad's house for that. Um, my stepmom made me a cake, and then they sung me happy birthday. And then I got like a plant and like a gift card and a balloon. It was a space balloon. My little sister picked it out for me. It was super cute. And... Okay, I don't think I missed anything. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, so today, you know, I lived another year. Thank you, Jesus. And I wish to have many more years to come. Okay, enough about that. So back to what I was saying about if I didn't actually plan anything on my birthday, my plan was to see Birds of Prey and the fantabulous one Harley and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn um or the newly titled harley quinn birds of prey um because i knew since i'm such a huge fan of harley quinn i'm um, currently working on a um origin story screenplay for harley quinn um of course i wanted to see that movie like i was too 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 damn hyped to see that movie so i knew that was going to be one of the things i was going to do regardless and so, um, going to the fact that they had actually kind of shifted the title, um, I'm going to kind of like go through some different things here. So first I'm going to say, um, the movie didn't do very well in the box office and I don't think it was because of the movie itself. Um, I think there was a lot of other factors that actually played into the movie not doing well. Um, one of the things I did notice is that um, the advertisements seem like they were, the advertisements, the marketing, um, like the promotion um, was mostly geared or mostly targeted to social media. Um, because even like my mother was saying, like as she watched TV, because she's an avid TV watcher, that she hardly ever saw um, a trailer for it and normally if movies come out she'll let me know like oh hey I've seen the trailer for this or hey this came out and she was like I hardly ever seen it and I know personally like when I would go on Facebook or when I was on Instagram I saw a bunch of promotion about it so I think that they um, excluded a demographic um, or an audience just in regards from lacking on marketing within the TV world or possibly the, sh 
streaming world, um, especially if people were, uh, well, I think I saw it on YouTube though, but like anywhere else you go, I don't know if there was prompt promotion that was put out. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. If you were like, um, I saw that on TV. I saw that trailer every day, but that's, that's just my personal opinion. And then they'd actually end up changing the name of it. Cause I think they thought, wait, they didn't know this was a Harlequin film. So we should have put Harlequin's name on the forefront. So that would attract people because to be honest, I think there's a very, 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 very good market. And there is an audience for a Harlequin story. And that is why I am personally so passionate about it and why I plan to be a part of a project or like the project will come from me um, because I'm just an avid Harlequin fan. I adore her. I love her. And I think her story is very fun. And I think her story deserves to be told. She deserves to have her own film. Because she's just a character in and out herself. But it was just a lot of elements that I feel that they kind of just missed the mark on. Um, and, it, and it could also be timing. But the only thing with the timing... Well, the only thing with timing being an issue is... While I was looking on... Um, um, this YouTube channel called Film Courage. And they were mentioning, well, one of, there's a producer talking on there. And she was talking, to, the title was like, um, how to, I think it said to grab a producer's attention or to get a producer to make your project or something like that. And, excuse me. And so one of the things that the producer was saying is that um, some movies are good, but if they get put out in the wrong time or if they're kind of years before their time does that make sense years before their time it, it, it basically if it's like a project comes out too early and it's something that could have been done like years later and would have been successful then that could be a potential reason as to why you know it does fail and so but it's it's like a it's a hero. It's we're we're in a not even a hero, but we're in a comic book age. Comic book heroes, comic book villains are the craze. Like this is the time to make these type of movies because everyone is in like it's just it's booming in the market. Um people want to see comic book movies. People we have the technology to bring these comic book characters and um you know, everything that they can do and these, and these, you know, these scenes and these, the action, we're able to produce that. And even just the, um, special effects to be able to create these different characters that we couldn't do, you know, 10 years ago, this is the time to do it, which I wish, I really wish I was, I was a screenwriter right now. I was in the industry. I've had my foot somewhere in the industry where I would be able to do that. But I know I will one day. My time will come because all this stuff, it just cycles back around, you know? Because um, I don't think comic books are ever going to go out of style. Hopefully not. But So what I want to get into now is kind of going through my likes and kind of dislikes of the movie. So the one thing I really liked is the action. First of all, the idea of women kicking ass, oh my god, I just love it. I think it just looks so good on screen. The choreography of the fight scenes was very, very well done. Um, it was very interesting. It was like I kind of seen some stuff I'd never seen someone do before in action scenes. And 
I just really, really, really enjoyed that part. Um, I also like how they captured Harlequin's character. To be honest, I felt like they captured her perfectly. Um, they embodied her and um, they just did such a good job of capturing just her dialogue, her mannerisms, um, just everything about her. And I love how they included her hyena, which she actually has two. And they're originally supposed to, their names was Bud and Lou, if I'm not mistaken. And they were originally supposed to be the Jokers, but um, it's she grew attached to them. They grew attached to her. And then she ends up, when she goes on her own, she ends up, does she take them? I'm trying to think of like the new 52 comic books if they're, yeah, I believe they're in it. I think they're in it. But I don't think you see them as much. Or maybe they're not. I don't know. I can't remember right now, but I did like how they added that element. But in in Birds of Prey, she had named him Bruce after Bruce Wayne. I thought that was cute. I did enjoy the storytelling a little bit. It was a little um, confusing because you didn't know what they were doing because they would get so far in the story and then it's like a scene would pop up and you're like, wait, where the hell did this come from? And then all of a sudden it would go backwards and telling it and then leading back up to that moment. So it was very interesting. It's one of those things where, you know, you try to shake up the, the standard way or um, what is the word for it? Um like the standard practice or structure of screenwriting. And I felt like they kind of just did something way different, which was really cool. And I felt like it did work. And then of course, Margot Robbie is the most perfect Harlequin ever. I, I feel as though there's never been a Harlequin movie because there's never been a perfect Harlequin and Margot Robbie she was born to play her. I mean, now I'm I'm always super hopeful because whenever I make my origin uh, movie, I know that she, I'm going to find the a, just as good perfect Harlequin. I know I can. But right now she is absolutely amazing. She definitely embodies that character. Um and then I I liked um seeing Journey Smollett. Um Journey Smollett, she's an actress who's played in Eve's Bayou and the Great Debaters and also um had some cameos in the Cosby show when she was really little and it was just really cool seeing her act again because I've always really liked her as an actress I think she's incredible and then seeing Rosie Perez as well um because I know Rosie Perez she played in Do the Right Thing she was in White Man Can't Jump and that movie had Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes and it's so funny because she's came such a long way as an actress because she used to have this like super 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 thick accent and now it's completely gone like if you would have never seen any of her previous movies you would well actually if you saw any of her previous movies you would have thought she was putting on an accent in those and that her real voice was what we hear it as now and to be honest it's the exact opposite so, yes, because I like me some Rosie Perez as well. Okay, so now I'm just going to dive into what I didn't really like about the movie. Um, so, dislikes I have. Okay, so I was really excited about this scene because I saw within the trailer, you know, small clips of it where she's wearing this like pink silk jumpsuit and she has this blonde short hairstyle just like Marilyn Monroe in the movie uh 
Gentlemen Prefer Blonde, where she sings about Diamond's our girl's best friend. And I was so excited to see how they were going to incorporate that retro aspect um, into this movie. And then when I saw it being placed into the movie, I felt like it was kind of off. And this is going to be a little spoiler if you haven't seen this movie. But so I, I suggest you like fast forward, like maybe 10 seconds. But um, she, this was the part where um, Black Mask, he like, tells her she basically tries to set it up to say oh hey um I'll get you this diamond that you want and then he like hits her I forgot exactly what happened I've slept since I've seen this movie but um he hits her and then when he knocks her out a little bit she starts having this dream sequence of diamonds are a girl's best friend and like I I can see like oh yeah that's cute that I see why they put it in there but I don't know it just felt like is it necessary? Would we need to see it? I know they were trying to em embody the character and how she thinks and how she can be so, like, kind of ADHD, like, all over the place with her thoughts. But it was like, mm, could we have done without it? Yeah. Was it essential to the story, to her character development? But I feel like that was so much going on anyways. Maybe not. Anywho. Um, but I mean, I thought it was cute and I wanted it to work like I really did. And I was so excited about it. But uh, and then um, we didn't get a lot of backstory because, first of all, I don't I don't know a lot about Black Mask, but we just didn't get a lot of his backstory um, and like what people know of him in Gotham or like if there's this fear in Gotham of like thinking about black black mask and what he's done to people and just like the danger because I didn't find him very dangerous I didn't even feel like he really was a villain it was like it was like certain elements are like yeah we're showing you he's a villain but it didn't feel like he was villainous um and then we just didn't get his story and I when you're introducing a character that we know nothing about um, I think it should have some type of backstory, something to really reveal who this person is, why we should be afraid of him, why is he considered a villain, you know? There were some things, but I don't think it was enough. It just didn't do enough for me. Um, also, I'm completely biased. I, of course, want to see a Harlequin story. But I felt like... It did nothing to sell, tell the story of who the Birds of Prey were. Because if she is a part of a group, which I think she's not like an official member. She's kind of like um, a part-time member, you can say. Something like that. I don't think she's an official member. There you go. Of this group of Birds of Prey. I think she kind of comes and goes when she wants to because she does her own thing at the same time. But, excuse me. But it just felt like... The story was too much on about Harlequin and trying to show, you know, Harlequin's backstory and who she was. And um, it just didn't give enough of the other characters. Because if you're going to name, you know, a movie or if you're just going to include Birds of Prey in there, everybody needs to kind of have an equal um, spotlight so that... When everyone, so it's like you have the separate spotlights of all these different members that are going to be a part of Birds of Prey. Then we need to get to a certain point where they're all put together. So you're like, 
you have this person, you have this person, you have this person, you have this person. You have a good understanding of who they are, where they've came from, what are they trying to do. And then it goes into where we see how they all end up connecting together for the greater good or for whatever purpose that, you know, makes the most sense. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't do it. And like I said, I love a Harlequin story, but I, if you're going to do a Harlequin story, it needs to be a Harlequin story. It doesn't need to be um, adding all of these other elements into it or like the grand screen. Grand scheme is Birds of Prey, but literally most of the movie is taken over by Harlequin. That makes no sense at all. I get the point of her narrating it because they did do that in this movie. She narrated a lot, but it, it, the narration has to lead. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I felt like they kind of missed the mark with that. The same thing that happened with Suicide Squad is they had missed the mark that people were under the impression and this is why i feel like suicide squad didn't do good just kind of a side note they gave the audience an impression that it was going to be a joker or harlequin movie and it did very well actually it did very well but the reviews weren't good because it was very misleading oh okay and speaking of that this movie played off of suicide squad which i didn't like that i i understand she came from suicide squad but i wish there was some element that this was its own thing and not kind of um piggybacking off of that movie because that it, that wasn't a good movie like that movie no and and it, was, it felt like this movie just basically kind of did the same thing where it's supposed to be about a team, but then there's only the focus of the story is mainly on one person. And in the case of Suicide Squad, it was two people, Joker and Harley Quinn. Um, and Joker doesn't even have a big part in Suicide Squad, like at all. Um, Suicide Squad has nothing to really do with him. Yes, he may have cameos here and there, but it just you have to pick the focus and that's one thing I've learned about screenwriting is you know you have to have your a plot you have to have your b and maybe and then like a c and d to maybe whatever to help a like everything has to help the main plot everything has to be there um like all the ingredients you put in the cake it's 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 for it's it's for the cake to be good you know you're not going to put anything in there that's going to be out of place because then it's going to throw the whole recipe off and you're going to have a disgusting a, di a disgusting cake. And that probably wasn't the best example, but oh well. <laughs> oh, so yeah, and then just kind of leading off of that, there wasn't enough of the other characters. They showed, like, I don't know, just like little scenes of their backstories in their life, but you didn't really get to know the characters and I think it should have they should have done less about telling Harlequin's story told everyone's story evenly maybe a little bit okay if they felt like Harlequin's a star more about her because people know more about Harlequin than they did um Renee Montoya or um Huntress or Black Canary but like those are characters I'd want to get to know especially Huntress her story was like really awesome kind of like Kill Bill-esque, you know? Kind of, but not really. But her story had been, like, super freaking interesting. And even um, Renee Montoya, like, they seem like some pretty solid characters, but I just felt like they got robbed in that film. And 
You just have to find that central focus, um, that balance. Because you want to root for all of them, you know? You want to root for all the characters. You want to root, you know, to for them to get together. You want to root for them to win when they are together. And it just, it did miss that mark for sure. And so, to be honest, would I buy this movie? Of course. Of course I'm going to buy it. Because I really want to watch it again. I wish I could have saw it in theaters again. Because when I originally watched it, I was just so excited. And it was just kind of like... Ooh, the pretty lights. But, you know, you don't really get to really sit and focus on the story and everything. I'm actually surprised because when I originally was trying to sit down and kind of critique this movie or, like, tell my thoughts about it, I was like, wait, what are my thoughts? And then I started writing it down. I was like, oh, okay, those are actually pretty good. But, anywho, I hope you enjoy those as well. But, okay, so we're going to still keep the momentum of talking about Harley. Um... So I had found on Amazon because, of course, with me wanting to write an origin story of Harlequin, um, I'm really piggybacking off of the material, the comic books, the New 52s, um, the original, um, when Harlequin was first introduced into the animation series. I'm really... um, using that information mostly in new 52 because that's more of like the bigger direction of like um her story being told and really kind of diving into who she is um but I had found this novel on Amazon um and it's titled after the uh, well it's like this was her origin story mad love where that was the episode in the Batman animation series that actually gave background to Harlequin. Now they went far. They they showed when she met him in the asylum how they fell in love, so on and so forth. Um, but Mad Love, that was that is written by Paul Denny, who is the creator of Harlequin, and Pat Cadigan, and she's also an author. So they teamed up to write. Um, Mad Love, a more uh, in-depth version of her story. So we're diving into when she was a kid, um, which is definitely the road that I was going to go into in my screenplay. So I thought, okay, I'm kind of doing the same thing. So why don't I just get this novel, check it out, see what Paul Denny, the freaking mastermind behind Harlequin, has to say about her backstory. And so I am reading it so far. Um, to be honest, it's taken me literally just until yesterday and I got this, ooh, at the beginning of February and it's taken me just now to get to page 36 because I literally haven't even picked it up and really touched it. I've read like one or two pages like a couple times and then I've just not read it. But I'm finally starting to read it, get into it. And it is very interesting. It's interesting storytelling. It's an easy read, nothing super hard. Um, but I can definitely tell, I do want to take inspiration from that novel a little bit, not too much, um, because I know from my feedback that I got from my friends when, if you tune into episode three or no, I think it's episode two. Yeah. Episode two, where I go into Harlequin and I talk about my script or I think I I talk about like all three episodes. Um, but if you go in, um, at one point I do mention how 
my friends wanted a darker version of the story and I'm wanting to go in a darker version um I I want to be inspired by like Christopher Nolan and what he did in the dark Knight, but I just I don't I don't think it's um I don't think it fits her characteristics to go that dark. I don't think she had that dark of a childhood, but I do have some aspects that are dark in it. Um, but I think like a good balance, not too off the wall, not too crazy, but believable enough to think, oh, okay, yeah, that probably could have happened to her. Um, but nothing too, too crazy. Um, so yeah, so I'm currently, I haven't finished it. Um, but when I do actually finish the book, I will let you know from the reviews, they basically said it's almost like they just inserted the child part. And then after that, it's just like the comic book, but I think everything's probably still more detailed than it is in the comic book because everything's just so fast. So I think the novel is going to explain more of their conversations and more of the background and more of their um, initial meetings and so on and so forth. And so, yes, I'm really excited because I've waited all this time to get this damn on dang novel and I'm like, I'm not even reading it. What's wrong with me? So, so going from talking about the novel Getting into my script, which I started talking about anyways. So, okay, so with the Harley script, um, the previous episode, I did give myself a new deadline. I said by my birthday, I wanted to have it completed. But I did I did not complete it. Because um, if I did, I'd be sitting here saying, oh my God, guys, guess what? But I have it. And, well, um... One thing for sure, I'm not I'm not down on myself about it because I love that I'm even taking the initiative to do it. Um, and I love that I'm not losing hope in it because this is uh, I it's been oh, has it been over a year? Hold on, because last year made it a year, yeah, right. Yeah, last year was a year. It was a year from when I had wrote my original one. And then me kind of starting again was a year later. So I'm not going to be down on myself and be like, oh my God, you didn't meet the deadline. Because I fall into these patterns where if I'm not finishing things fast enough, or if I'm having writer's block, or if I'm procrastinating, or if I'm not feeling motivated, that I will fall into this trap of, well, it's not happening fast enough, so how about I just don't do it? And I don't want to do that to myself, because I know myself. And I have really high moments, I have really low moments, and then I have moments where nothing is happening. And so... I'm trying to find this balance and I'm and every day I think about this script every single freaking day while I'm at work, while I'm in the shower, while I'm in my car, um, when I'm alone with my thoughts, right before I go to bed, when I wake up in the morning. It's constantly on my mind, but I just have this weird thing where I keep everything in my head and I don't put it on paper. Um, but let me be honest for a moment, and this is some raw honesty. It is very, very intimidating 
because I have never, well, I've wrote one script before. And um, that was a short film. And um, it's weird because when I did that short film, I just did it. There was no thought. There was no hesitation. There was no um, feeling unmotivated. There was no procrastination. There was just this drive that I've been fighting to get back ever since because I was just going, 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 no matter what happened, no matter who told me something didn't make sense, it didn't matter who thought that I couldn't do it, I was going to do it regardless. So I think there's a lot of intimidation, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of doubt, um, there's a lot of just all of those things that kind of um, cloud my judgment in this process. I'm sorry, I get really emotional about this. Um, and so I just get really clouded by it. And, um, I like, I know I want to write it. I know I can do it, but I just have just the hardest time just sitting my butt down and doing it. But I notice when I have moments, like actually today, I had a moment where I had sat down, well, actually, I, I was, um, I sat down and I'd actually wrote and it felt so good because I know when I sit there and I'm kind of just writing and playing with it because before I actually start writing, I sit there and I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Um, because there's certain things that, you know, I have questions about. There's things that I'm not sure how to write because, you know, writing a book is not the same as writing a screenplay. Screenplay, um... The dialogue has to be strong. The uh, d the scene descriptions need to be short, sweet, um, bold, to the point. It's not like writing out a writing a novel, and so I just struggle with that aspect because I'm a very wordy person, um, and so I tend to lean more towards, uh, you know, just kind of putting in the fillers and and it's just and a screenplay is just a whole new ball game and 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 I I remind myself that Bila Day you are just getting into this you are a newbie I know I have raw talent and I know I have the ability to hone my craft to refine my skills to you know do a lot better I just have to do it and the only way for me to get better is to practice 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 and it's a it's an internal battle in my head and I'm always going back and forth like oh I really want to write oh I really want to do this you know and it, what ends up happening is I, I tend to kind of balance other things before the script because a part of me it's it's not like I'm scared to write it it's just the fear of it not being good I think but I'm also I also know that what I'm writing currently is just the first draft this is not what I would send off this is not what I would ever show Warner Brothers this is really not 
what I would want to show my peers or anyone who's interested in reading it. Because I remember I was super excited and, you know, I'm getting all these people like, ooh, would you want to read my script? Would you want to read my script? But then I'm kind of thinking, girl, like, I don't want to show nobody nothing that I'm not proud to show them, you know? And I don't, like, I don't need to rush to get, like, it's good. I want to get people's opinion, but I want to show them something like, this is me. Like, this is what I can come up with. I don't want to just show them anything and then they read it and be like, girl, like, you've hyped this up too much and you wrote this? This is what you came up with? Girl, get a hobby. Girl, don't quit your day job day job, you know? And so that is the goal is I just really want to perfect it. I just really want to not even perfect it, but have a really good solid base and then go from there because then I'll end up doing rewrites. So then I'll have first draft, then second draft, and then third draft. So how many drafts do I need until I feel as though it's strong and that when someone's reading this script, they don't want to stop reading it because Normally, if you send your work off to, um, like, managers, screenplay managers, or production studios, you know, you have to get them sucked in within, like, the first scene. If If you don't have it within the first scene, that makes them that makes them not have a reason to read the second scene, then your script is out of there. And there are so many that, you know, get thrown back, thrown, thrown away just as quick as they were received. And I just, I don't want to be those writers. And, and at the same time, I can't just think about it. And I know my writing is not going to be the best in the beginning, but that that's right now, this process is not what it's about. It's not about me being the best writer ever. It's about me just writing. It's about me facing my fear and working towards living my dream. That's all it really is. And, you know, I can't just sit up here just thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm just not going to do it because, you know, I'm scared to do it. I, this is all I've, this is all I want in life, you know, to be creative, to write, even though I procrastinate like a mother, but I just want to write. I want to be creative. And I know this is the industry and this is what I want to do with my life. So, of course, I'm going to give myself a new deadline, which is going to be... I'm going to try to finish it by the first week of April. That's my goal. And um, I actually came up with a new idea for the plot because I had one idea I was sitting on. And then I've been kind of thinking about it more. Because, of course, I think about it all day, every day. And I've been thinking about it more and more. And I thought, ooh, well, what about this? So, this would actually be... Uh, hold on, I'm trying to think. Cause I had the one plot idea... And then I changed, oh yeah, I changed like one idea of it. And now I'm changing another aspect of it with, of course, um, inspiration from the Mad Love novel. And so the one thing like, but I I know I have to just take kind of one scene at a time. I have to look at it that way because I had an ending. I was like, oh my God, this is a great ending. And basically it was kind of like the end of birds of prey ending in the in the amusement park and in the amusement park in birds of prey was exactly how i imagined my amusement park when i was writing in my script when i was writing the script 
And I was like, mm. well, it's not that like ending, ending, but yeah, it'd be within like the last, I would say probably like five minutes of the film. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. So I- I'm still working on that because I have no idea how I'm going to conclude it. Um, and then there's some other elements and stuff I'm going to add in there as well. And there's a bunch of characters I'm adding in there. But I don't know if it would be too much. Like, okay, I'll tell you this. And let me know. I I feel like it sounds a, like a lot. But, no, I don't want to tell. I don't want to say anything. Like, I literally don't want to say anything about it. Because I want people to read it. Because your work should speak for itself, you know? I want people to read it and go, Oh, you put this character in there. I see how you did that. That made... That works. Like, that's what I want. I don't want to just, like, tell people and then people read it. They're expecting it, you know? I just want that LMF surprise. I just want people to read it. And, of course, I want them to like it. But also be very honest and say, mm, Because, you know, the people... If people can read it on... on if If normal people who aren't screenwriters like myself read the script and enjoy it. I can only imagine what a screen, what, you know, a, a freaking producer would think, even though a producer or a screen, they have an eye for stuff. So they can easily pick up mistakes and stuff. So that'd be a lot harsher, but still, if you have your everyday person enjoy it, I think that's also a good thing as well. Um, but yeah, so I have my new deadline and, um, just to kind of, Speaking of deadlines, I'm not going to discourage myself, even if I don't make this April one, but I have to keep going. The The big, the big scheme of things is to never stop going. You can start something and you can also not be perfect in, in completing whatever task, but as long as you're consistent, as long as you don't give up. As long as you keep telling yourself to keep going. As long as you have a positive outlook towards whatever you're trying to do. Because, yeah, you may have moments where, let's say, if, you have a, if you're on a diet, you slip up. Maybe slip up for a couple weeks. But just having your head that you can always go back to doing it. Just because you had that one slip does not mean it is the end of the world. It does not mean that you're banished from ever being participating in that diet there's always a tomorrow now granted we don't know when our last day will be but take advantage of the day as if it was your last so it's okay to know that you can't have a tomorrow but it's also okay to do to work on whatever you want to do today and and you know to not put off to for tomorrow because that's what I end up doing. But um I hope y'all enjoyed this. I hope you really enjoyed this because um I enjoyed it. Of course when I talk about Harlequin, I could just go on and on and on and on and on. And until basically I write this damn script, y'all gonna be hearing about her. But um okay, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it, guys, and I will talk to you part-time dreamers later. Time to clock out.